Hey there, I'm Janie Budnick, the pet sitter guru and founder of Pet Biz Hive and Pet Biz MBA. The Pet Biz Hive podcast is a space for pet business owners to still get all those things done while getting some tips and business education in their ears. So pop in an earbud and get ready for the buzz. Hello, friends. Welcome to this week's Pet Biz Hive mini training. So we are in our management series, and this is actually week number four of our management series. So first week, if you hadn't had a chance to watch those, go back and watch them. They all build on each other. So first week was determining whether or not you are ready for a manager. That is whether or not your company is ready, you are ready, and of course, if your financials are ready for a management person in your pet business company. The second week was about preparing for that person to come on board. There's a lot involved in the preparation phase. Last week, we talked about actually sourcing uh, management candidates, uh, the entire process of hiring and getting them on board with your company to find that perfect person. And this week, we are going to kind of wrap it all up, put a bow on it, and talk about onboarding that person and being the strong leader that a manager needs in especially a small business. It changes the complete dynamics of your business when you do take someone on at that management level. So want to make sure that we take you through this last phase so we can wrap it up. Hopefully you've enjoyed the series, but let's go ahead and get my screen up. All right. Hopefully you guys can see that. Let me expand it a little bit for you. There we go. Hopefully you see that well. All right. So we are talking about management, onboarding, and leading this week. Okay. First question. Why do we even pay attention to the onboarding process? Why do we really want to onboard them well? So first of all, I would have to say that they are so important to your company because managers are culture builders. If you are starting to create those management levels to get yourself from doing the work to the freedom in your company of being able to choose what you do each day, you want those manager layers and therefore you want to be able to transfer your personal culture, your company's culture to these managers. They are going to be your culture builders. That is one reason that we want to onboard them very well. Okay. Also, there is a really high cost of attrition in the amount of money that you spend, the time that you spend onboarding your management team, and of course, lack of productivity. During that time that you are taking with them, you are not able to focus on other activities. And as they're learning, neither are they. So you want to onboard them well because there is a high cost of having to replace someone in that position if, let's say, you don't hire and train them well or if they don't feel like they are part of your team. So... um, Sorry about that. Just checking. My uh, diabetic cat just had his glucose alarm going off. He is on the Freestyle Libre right now. So um, hopefully that doesn't go off again. I just checked him recently. But we will continue on with that. Um, So that bad 
onboarding experience can actually affect the morale of your team. That can increase stress because everyone is a little bit stressed when there's new leadership that comes on any kind of a team, whether you know, you're talking corporate or even in this small business community. It really affects the team when you have one somebody new coming in. The manager's first few weeks, I mean, they'll, of course, remember, that'll be one of the most important things that they remember is how well you did onboard them. You want to make sure you strategically present lessons on the why, first of all, then the what of your company, and then start to gradually bring in the how you do things. You don't just want to bring them in on the first day and say, okay, here's how you check the phone. Here's how you check the software. You don't want to just drop them into the tasks. You want to strategically onboard them. So first we are going to talk about the why. Why do you want to spend time doing the onboarding? And what you need to do is ground them first in your culture, your mission, your vision, and your values. That is one of the most important things coming in the door that you want to really make clear for them is the why you do this in your company. So one of the things that we have in our company to really define our culture is we took our five company values, we incorporated them into an illustration of a tree. And this tree demonstrates to everyone in our company what our company truly values. And we have this in a large banner on the wall with pictures of each of our employees around that tree. So we always have a visual representation. Of course, we do have an office. So we have our management team working in the office. And for any one of our employees that comes in the door or even anyone that comes in for an interview, they are really grounded on how important that is to us because that is displayed front and center so people know what our values and our mission are. So you want them to have the opportunity to read testimonials and reviews. Over time, you know, spend time, spend time collecting these and put them all together. Um, you know, I'm not recommending, hey, let's log into Google and you can just read through my Google reviews. That's really not it. Have something that you want to present to them where your uh, choice reviews or clients are speaking to what is important in your company. If you have a value of reliability in your company, you want to cherry pick those reviews and testimonials that your clients have given you that speak to that reliability. So pick out the ones that really speak to your mission, vision, and values. If you uh, are really passionate about rescue, you know, speak to the ones where clients are really connecting with that mission of your company. Put these together with the, you know, the client's pets picture. So it really has an emotional impact and your new manager can see right away that this is something that you value in your company culture. You want to make sure that you also talk to them about your own personal vision for the company. Of course, there can be the vision that you have that is out there for your community. There can be the vision that you have, of course, within your entire team. Sometimes your management team will have kind of a different mission built into that. 
And then, of course, as an entrepreneur, you're going to have your own. You're going to be seeing that 30,000 foot picture of where you want this entire bus to go. Let them know what your vision is and your own personal mission and how everything fits together and how you are really looking for the right person who can help you in that furthering that mission and vision. Paint a picture of what kind of an impact they can have in the organization. There is nothing more important to people, especially the labor market we have now, than to see that what they do is going to matter. They are not just going to be a cog in a wheel doing tasks. They are going to be part of a larger vision. If you are able to get every member of your team sold on that vision and joining alongside you, your company will grow much faster. So if you have an external mission, get them involved immediately. Uh, we, of course, have a one-for-one -one model with our company. Every service we do provides a meal to a local homeless pet in a shelter that we sponsor. Get those people involved immediately. If you do volunteer work with rescue, um, if you work in a local pet food pantry, try to incorporate some sort of volunteer time or visit um, or anything like that with the external mission of your company. Join it in around the same time that you are bringing a new manager on board. Uh, for example, one of our uh, one of the rescues that we sponsored this year, when I brought my branding manager on, I combined it with a time uh, that second week when we were actually going for a visit to the local shelter. So she was able to come along. She was able to participate meet other people that were passionate about pets, of course, meet the pets, who doesn't love that, and be part of the uh, management photo that we took there that was then on our social media. It really helped her feel a sense of belonging right out of the gate that she was part of this team. Okay, now we are going to talk about the what. What of your company? So what do they actually need to do? So first of all, of course, you've got your normal first aid duties. Um, you know, that's that's down to the what, the actual individual things that need to be good, be done whenever you're bringing someone on board. So, you know, normal first aid duties of policies, handbook benefits, you just do have to get all of that done. But try to filter it all through the lens of what your mission, vision and values are. That will help it be not quite so dry and crusty on that first day. You want to train them well in actually what you do. This is the actual work of what you do. You want to train them on that and also your people. These are the people that they're going to be responsible for leading and guiding in the work that you do. You want to have them work with your team directly. I always recommend this is the first week to two weeks of bringing a new manager on board as you train them in the what making sure that they are out there with some of your best team members if you have specific trainers, because it's an opportunity for those employees to, of course, meet the new manager themselves, because we typically work as a pretty autonomous team, so we don't get a lot of face time. But it gives them the opportunity to personally meet them and also hear from your team what an impact the company makes on them and how they perceive their job and how they perceive their own role in your company and the impact that they can personally make on it too. And of course, you do want them to 
know the actual what structure of, you know, here's how we take care of the dogs. Here's how we take care of the cats. This is the kind of variety that we have, et cetera. And you also want to go over the expectations. You want to prearrange having a calendar of weekly, monthly, quarterly, annual meetings, whatever structure you are planning to put together for that. So they know what the cadence of your expectations are going into the job and know that there are these future calendared opportunities. And I talk about this a lot. Make sure that you do have a scorecard across your company. You know, whether this is formal or informal, you do want to have metrics that your people and your company is measured by. This is going to keep everyone on the same track, pulling the same direction when on a weekly basis they can see the numbers and the direction that they're going. You want to make sure that every person, including this new manager, has their own numbers, has something that they are responsible for on that scorecard that they know their job performance is going to be judged by. Now we run into the actual how. Now these are the practical steps. These are some of the things that I recommend that you do when you bring them on, the things that you really want to think about. So um, this is where you introduce them more to the structure of their position. You know, they are really going to be able to take every bit of what you've taught them so far and see it from the perspective of your entire company as a whole. So things that you do want to think about. You want to carve out time to prepare for this. Uh, this is, again, not just a spit wad you're throwing at the wall. If you do not onboard well, you are not going to care for this person who they are as a whole to make sure that they are coming into your company with their own set of skills and they are able to use those because you have everything prepared and structured. You want to make sure that you are not scrambling last minute. I say this because I have done this. I have had that time where I bring a new manager in. They're just kind of staring at me, waiting for me to do something. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to get you an account with our software. Uh, I need to figure out what my password is for this and for that. You know, don't do that. Are there specific SOPs that they are going to be responsible for? Do you have that printed or ready for them in a digital format? Do you have all of their accounts already set up and passwords ready for them? Do you have them typed up in a book for them? Do they have all the contact information that they are going to need in your company? Do they have a list of who is responsible for what? So they are not at a loss trying to figure out who to get help from. Do you have any kind of a mentor program? Of course, if you are a smaller company, it might be a layer you are hiring in where there is you, there is this new manager, and there is staff. So you might be this mentor. In this case, you need to consider the time that it's going to take to mentor them. You do not want to lead by abdication. I have spoken about doing that myself before back in 2000, where I said, aha, I W my manager, here's the schedule, go for it. And that is literally what I did. It was very irresponsible of me and irresponsible to my company and my clients to do that. So you need to make sure you have that time carved out. If you are going to be their mentor, mentor them well. 
That is that person who is responsible for their daily support, answering their questions and guiding them. You want to outline their weekly milestones. They need to know what they are being judged by. How is their work performance being looked at? How's their work? Yes. How is their work performance looked at by you? What are they being judged by? So have weekly, like, you know, week one, you want them to get comfortable with your company, your company culture, your mission, vision, values. They want to completely understand that. They want to, you know, meet any other leaders on your team during that time. So, you know, maybe the milestone for week one is they have met everyone. They've got their accounts set up and they completely understand mission, vision, values. Maybe on week two, their milestone is that they have gone on training ride-alongs with three of your best trainers and they've met them and they've had opportunities to meet other people. So you want to have those individual milestones outlined for them for at least the first month or two. If you're ahead of speed, then great. Y'all can be really excited and you can accelerate training or if you need to go slower, but you do have outlined what the expectations are from day one. Reasonable expectations, I do say. Not, um, okay, this week you're going to completely understand how to use our industry software. Uh, we all know that takes longer. So you want to make sure that you you honestly um, and with integrity bring them on board with milestones. And you want to have those little wow opportunities built in Um you know, in our situation, we just we're um, actually currently onboarding our new operations manager. And one of the wow moments that we had built in was on her first day of work. Um, I had she had just gotten married the, the week before and I was uh, taking care of her dogs during the wedding. And so I took several pictures and one of those pictures I had framed and gifted to her for her new office desk. So that was a welcoming moment for her. So think of those wow opportunities that you can have. Um, we have for every new hire, we have them fill out a team member profile that has a lot of their personal preferences and favorites. Uh, maybe you find out that they enjoy eating at Panera. And so maybe during that first week that they're working with you, you have a surprise luncheon that the company pays for that uh, you have Panera delivered. So just think of those little wow opportunities that really do make them feel more welcome and like everyone wants them to be part of their culture and community. Okay, next. Consider doing DISC uh, personality testing. testing. I have talked about DISC before. We do this in our company. Uh, this is an online quiz that you can have all of your team members take that will put them in a combination of four different categories uh, based off of how they view tasks and how they view people. That's probably the easiest way to describe that. Certainly look up DISC so you understand it a little bit better. Um, I will actually uh, drop a link to um, a really easy, fairly inexpensive version of DISC that, that you can have you, yourself and your team take so you start to understand a little bit better. The nice thing about the 
DISC personality profiles is it can help you understand each other. It can help you communicate better as a team. Because of course, if one person is maybe a DC personality and the other one is an IS personality, you are going to speak and interpret what the other person says differently. You're going to want to be talked to differently. You're going to hear things differently. This, I started about 10 years ago, and it has been a complete business changer for me. I'd say the top two things that have changed my business and who I am in my business are the DISC profile and the Profit First book by Mike uh, Michael Wow, I don't want to say his last name. Okay, that was really embarrassing. I completely forgot how to say Michalowicz. Yeah. Okay, so somebody is going to correct me, I'm sure. Michael probably will himself. <laughs> um, so definitely is an opportunity to find out, you know, how each person wants to be talked to. Uh, I know my own prof profile, I am a high D, high C profile, and my own list is is quite interesting because it specifically says, don't beat around the bush when you're saying something to me. I'm very direct. I want to hear the facts and move on. I work much better with facts than uh, surrounding it with a bubble of softness <laughs> or a prolonged explanation that, again, is like licking a popsicle stick to me. You want to make sure that you clearly define what their job is and what their job isn't. So that is their areas of responsibility. If you are planning on them being a disciplined person in the company, they need to clearly know that that is their position. If that is not their position, make sure that they clearly know that they should not interject themselves into uh, that task or skill. So make sure that they do clearly know what their responsibilities are and are not. Um, you know, make sure that they understand the project management tool that you're supposed to be doing and also working time and expectations. You have to understand that your job is leading leaders. So you are setting this manager in a position where they are going to be leading your team. So you will be leading them. So you want to make sure that you lead them well. So I have a really, really big warning here. The worst thing that you can do when you are bringing on a manager is take the job back. Do not take the job back. What I mean by this is if you are delegating a task that is going to be in their wheelhouse, don't take the way that they are doing it and just think, eh, I do it faster. I can do it more efficiently. So I'm just going to do it myself. Do not take that job back. You want to make sure that you empower them and educate them to do that job themselves. You don't want to basically cut them off at the knees and take it back and do it yourself because they are not going to learn that way. If they come to you with a problem, make sure you train them to come to you with a solution. What is their best solution? If there is an issue that you are having with a staff member and they come to you with that issue, expect them to come with a solution. Expect them to 
take that and solve it and take it back with them. Don't let them leave it on your desk. I like to say, it's not your monkey, it's their monkey. So don't take responsibility for everything they come to you with. That is going to be empowering for them. So you want to become a master of delegation. You want to cultivate decision makers. You want to provide autonomy and empower them. That is very important to empower them to make decisions, provide them with all the materials that they need to make their decisions and support them when they do make decisions. One thing we have in our company, I call the happiness budget. That is a set dollar amount that all of our management team knows is in their proverbial business bank. This is not actual money sitting anywhere, but they are empowered that up to a certain amount of money, they can make any decision with a client to ensure that client's happiness. So if we do have a client that is calling who, uh, you know, something wasn't done correctly, something like that, they have the budget to immediately comp that person. They don't have to say, oh, you know, I'm going to check with Janie and get back with you on that. They are empowered to make those decisions that are going to be important and meaningful in the moment for our clients. They then, of course, will come to me or their upline and they will explain what they did just so, you know, Corrections can be made or, you know, maybe for next time you can consider doing this, but they are empowered to make those decisions in the moment because I do want them to feel integral to what the company does and feel elevated to make those decisions for the benefit of all. So as they grow. Um, always look for ways to up-level them. If there's an opportunity for them to take a class to improve a particular skill, anything like that, do try to take those opportunities to improve your people. Uh, again, I'm just going to post one more time the org chart. All of this goes back to the development of your org chart and the strategy for accountabilities. There are the four different areas of the company with your marketing operations, your people, human resources, and your finance. You might fill all of those positions right now. The new person that you are bringing in might just be a scheduler. Perhaps that's the type of manager that you need right now. And they are going to be in charge of even part-time, those areas of scheduling. We'll put them on the chart where they belong and make sure that they clearly know what their position is and where they fall in the entire structure of the organization. And make plans, make your one year, three or five year plans for how you are going to build out as you grow into these different positions. All right, so hopefully that really helped you out learning a little bit more about how to onboard and how to really truly lead your new management level team members. Uh, again, we've really talked more so about bringing on that full-time manager for your company to add that level to get you to that freedom point. But this information can apply to anyone that you're bringing back into an administrative level in your company, whether that's full-time, part-time, if that is a scheduler, 
um, you know, virtual assistant, you know, you aren't going to bring them on board like this, but you do want them to understand uh, what your company is all about so they can help you effectively push the company forward if you choose to use a virtual assistant. So hopefully this has been good for you. I am still deciding on what our next training series is going to be. If you have any suggestions, hopefully you've been watching our training series. We want to get great information out to you. Uh, let's see. I think we started with hiring. We've done our sales funnel. We've got this management series. So you let me know what you think should be next. Would love to have, have you just drop comments down the bottom of some things that you would like to hear me talk about. I'm here for your education. Of course, you can also follow my information over at the Pet Biz Hive podcast. I do drop the uh, sound of this onto the podcast so you can listen to the audio instead of having to watch the video if you would like to in an easy location. And then on Tuesdays, I do my tips Tuesday. Uh, you might want to go back and review the one from this past week where I give you the facts on independent contractors versus employees. That is going to be a two week long split up podcast episode because there's so much to talk about there. And uh, of course, we do have the Pet Biz MBA membership that is closed right now as we're getting some really great education going. We finished our standard operating procedure SOPs last month, and this month we are going into messaging and branding. So the Pet Biz MBA is a deep, deep dive with all of the materials that you need to actually get things done. You know, here I'm able to teach you what you need to do. There I teach you how to do it. But that will open again to all of you guys in October. So be looking for that. I'll keep up with the information and let you know when that opens so you don't miss a bit. Otherwise, make it a great weekend. And what is your next best move? Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pet Biz Hive. You can follow me at Pet Biz Hive on both Facebook and Instagram and learn more at PetSitterGuru.com. What is your next best move?